Hey, hey, it's Sierra back at it again with another episode of Self-Love Experiment. Thank you for tuning in. Um, today we do have a special guest. It's one of my friends from high school, um, Vania McClendon. Um, and so today we're basically just going to talk about um, relationships with Christ and what it feels to be a millennial um, and be saved and how to basically have faith in a faithless generation. It's really hard for me sometimes. And so I wanted to talk to my homegirl about some of the things that she has experienced, <laughs> some of her struggles, but also some of her triumphs as well. Um, so we're just going to get right in. Just like if you guys seen Brown Sugar, you know how she's like, so tell me when you fell in love with hip hop. <laughs> That's how we're going to start. So when did you fall in love with Christ? <laughs> when did I... I was that kid that like always wanted to go to church hmm. and I don't know why, but like something about church, like, I just always wanted to be there. Like ever since I was a little kid, mm-hmm. mom gave us like the option when we became teenagers mm-hmm. and I still chose, like I got on the church van, like I made sure I was in church and yeah. I guess it, it started around then, but I don't think I understood why I wanted to go to church so bad. Like, right. I knew it was more than like the music and the people. It was like a feeling. Mm-hmm. But I just knew I always wanted to be in church. I feel you. I was just talking to somebody and they were saying how um, they didn't fully always like adapt to like what Christianity meant, but they liked the community and the Mm -hmm. fellowship. And I was kind of like confused. I was like, wait, like you like church, but you don't like want to do church. So I was always like kind of confused with that. Um, but I'm um, same here. Like I grew up in church, basically like a preacher's kid. And, but I was just going to stuff just to go and it was fun, but like, it wasn't until I was like, 14, 15, I was like, wait, I, I think I really feel something. Like, I think I caught the Holy Spirit for the first time. And um, I don't know, like, it kind of changed everything. And then I just, like, wanted to be on fire. I was reading my Bible all the time. Even if I didn't understand what it was, I just wanted to read it. Um, but granted, you answered the question that you grew up in church. But what was the moment that you were like, all right, like, I love Jesus. Jesus loves me. Like, this the is real a, the real moment. Yeah. Honestly? Maybe, like, a year ago. Hmm. Yeah. Like, I transferred to... <laughs> transferred. I went to a new church. Mm-hmm. Um, my <laughs> former pastor had passed away, and I decided that I needed to go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And, like, at my church now, it's called God, God's Recreation Christian Center, mm-hmm. and it's in White Oak. And the atmosphere there is just so much different. Like, when you walk in, it's literally, like, a burst of air. I like that. And, like, you feel God. And it wasn't until... I got there that I learned the difference, you know, between like religion and relationship. Yeah. And I learned how to gain a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, a year ago. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. Honestly, I would have thought it would have been like seven years based off of your Facebook post. No. It'd be like, holiness is still right. But not, nah, but it is though. Holiness is still right. <laughs> <laughs> is still right. No, that's real. No, um, I grew up at a church that loved my home church. Love it. Love it to death. But it was very, like, religious. It's like, if you don't come to church, it's like, where would you at? You know, but it's not one of those things of, like, are you doing okay? Can I pray for you? And maybe it's just because I was younger. Like, they might have did that to the older people. But, you know. And so it wasn't until I started going to um, Petra, which is not even the church that I go to now that I'm a member of. But um, Petra International uh, Ministries with Bishop Clay and Elder Lisa. Yeah. And I call um, Bishop Clay my uncle. So I call all my pastors my uncle. But, um. Basically, like I went there and I started to understand like the difference between 
um, religion and relationship. And I was like, yo, like, what is this? Like, mm-hmm. I want this. Mm-hmm. And um, even just understanding that um, I was just so eager to like hear God's voice because people always be like, oh, I hear God speak. And I'm like, what does it sound like? like is it a does. whisper? Yeah. Like, is it a whisper? Is it like a deep voice? Like, and so I remember I legit, um, like had been talking about it that week and went to church and um, one of the elders there, Elder Connie, was like, um, she was doing like the offering and then she randomly like got a word and was like, hey, for anybody that's out here trying to hear God's voice, like he's here, like he, and I was like, whoa. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, oh my God, like, like that's for me. And you know, you just be extra. And so I was like, all right, like I actually want to like pursue like this relationship. And um, I did, like I did it. I did it like even throughout high school. Like I was like, all right, like I feel like I just was like known for being quiet, but also like the really like low key saved one too a little bit, um, but really goofy. And so, but it was around high school that I was like, all right, like this is what I'm doing with my life. I'm gonna be like saved. I'm not gonna do the extra stuff. Like I didn't even have any type of like thought to even be rebellious probably until I got to college, and that's right. barely right. even Me in college. Too. <laughs> Me too. But um, yeah, so. Obviously, you said that church is really important to you, obviously. Um, but do you have accountability partners? How does that work? I do, actually. <laughs> um, um, I have my mentor for one. Okay. My mentor, her name is Minister Alicia Goodson. She's at my church. Hey. And she's been my mentor for like a year now. And I've grown so much mm-hmm. to be able to trust her mm-hmm. that like I'll literally just tell it myself. Like, wow. Like, okay. She asked like my mom, so like I call her my mom mm-hmm. pretty much. But I would literally be like, okay, so I know I wasn't supposed to do this, right. but I did it anyway. Right. So like, what am I supposed to do? Right. And like she'll literally threaten me like I'm her child. Like <laughs> she told me, she told me like two months ago, a month ago or something like that, that if I did something again, that she would like choke me. Wow. Until okay. I pass out. But it's okay because she's a nurse. Wow. So she got you. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. All right. No, that's okay. And she was (laughs) like, well, I'd rather do that than for you to go to hell. And I said, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Right. Grab me up real quick. Yeah. So I consider her my accountability partner because she's older and I need someone older. Right. Right. I don't feel like we can help each other, but we can't help each other how we need to be. Right. You need wisdom. Exactly. So I have her and then I also have... Um, this girl named Cheyenne. Cheyenne helps me a lot. We're okay. the same age. I think I am a month or two older than her. Okay. But I also talk to her about things that I may not talk to my mentor about mm-hmm. like, right away. Right, because that's your homegirl, bro, yeah. bro. So yeah. it's a little different. So them two, I, I, and my, uh, my sister Miranda. Okay. I tell Miranda everything. Mm-hmm. I'll tell her stuff as it's happening. Yeah. And she'll yell at me too. But I'm older than her too. <laughs> it's okay. We do it to each other. No, but that's those real. That's good. I think for me, I'd um, I felt like growing up, I was always a safe person, so I didn't really know anybody that was gonna help hold me accountable. Like I felt like I was in it by myself. Like, of course, none of my friends were like wilding, but at the same time, I just felt like I was like too deep for the chill people, too chill for the deep people. Right. So I'm like, oh my gosh, like, and I'm like, I'm not lukewarm, but it's like I just can't figure out where I fit. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of like my accountability partners, like I've just realized that it's so important. Um, because I used to think that you have to be isolated in order to get to know God. And it's like, no, nah, community 
and fellowship is important. And but my thing for me is like I've struggled with finding female mentors. Um, and I don't know if it's intentional or if it's just subconscious or whatever, but I just I don't know, like it's really hard for me to find them. Um, most of my mentors are like guys, like they like my campus minister Gene, who works for CCO. Shout out to Gene. Um, <laughs> like he's definitely like became a mentor and does discipleship and stuff like that. And I love that. Um, but then outside of him is like, I do have, um, he's like a big bro. He's not really a mentor, but Dan, if you listen in Dan, what's up? Um, he's definitely that dude that like, will be like, like how your mentor is like, Hey, like, don't be doing that. Or are you going to be in a lake of fire? And I'm like, Whoa, like, can we talk about God's grace though? But, right. But I understand the love you're trying not to see me wilding out here, but I definitely want to make sure that I start, um, building those connections and networking with, um, women so that I can get female mentors because I think it's important. Um, well, I think of mentors how I think of spouses. Okay. You know, like they'll come when you need them when it's necessary. That makes sense. Because my mentor came, like I was, we were at church one day mm-hmm. and it was like a guest pastor and um, he asked for like altar calls. So I went up and he looked at me, he's like, what do you need uh, prayer for? Mm-hmm. And I don't really remember what I said, but he looked at me and he, I think his wife was next to him. Mm-hmm. He was like, you need guidance. And then Whoa. He at, well, actually, <laughs> he said I needed pretty much like a spiritual mother, like mm-hmm. a spiritual guide. Pretty mm-hmm. much. And he looked back and she was sitting on, you know, on the little seats mm-hmm. on the altar or on the, um, you know. The pew. <laughs> yeah, not the pew. The, um, the, uh. Up there. I don't know. The okay. pulpit. There the we pulpit. go. Yes. Got it. Took she me a second. on the pulpit. And he looked at her, and he made her come down to me and, like, pretty much told her that she needed to take me under her arms. Mm-hmm. So, like, I really needed someone, but I wasn't going out of my way to look for one. Right. There and you go. God gave her to me. Mm-hmm. And we've been like this ever since. Like, I, I argue so. with her kids. Yeah, y'all are close. All the time. Y'all are close, then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think your female mentor will come when it's necessary. Yeah. When God knows, mm-hmm. you know, that that's what you need in this moment right now. But isolation is important. Not all of the time. Yeah, not all the time. But it is necessary and needful for you to get closer to God. Mm-hmm. So maybe in your isolation, pray to God and petition to him exactly what you need. And he'll give it to you. In his True time. that. True that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, even about accountability partners, I don't, I wouldn't designate just one or two. Like, I think, um, I mean, like, granted, I don't say everybody can hold me accountable because then it'd be like, who are you talking to? But <laughs> I think, um, like, I think I feel like I have a good community that if I felt like I needed to call anybody in my phone, I could. And I've gotten to that point because I literally sat down one day and deleted everybody that I felt like I couldn't call you know and so it's just like sometimes having the context that you know really just in your phone just to be there I don't really be having time for that so um but yeah hopefully prayerfully that is going to be on my prayer list um that God does send me that mentor that I I desire that I need yeah um the man can only help you get so far right like they have good wisdom but it's like you know I need a, a lady friend like mm-hmm. that sounded weird but I need 
Angela, let it go. <laughs> <laughs> I need a female, a female mentor. <laughs> Moving on. Um, since we're both college. Well, no, you graduated. I did. December 20th. Oh, my God. <laughs> Guys, we went to high school together. Did we, did we go to middle school together, too? Um, I went to Linton. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we went to middle school and high school together. And then we all... Um, like most people do, we all graduated high school together, and then we all went off to college. Like most people do. And um, of course, like she graduated, I'm still in school. I'm in my last year. Woo-hoo. But job. I know it's it's been a minute, but who cares? Like, anybody okay. gonna pay for them loans but me? Um, facts. If you're a college student, literally, don't feel pressure to graduate. Like, I mean, like, I mean, I would hope graduate. You know, yeah, graduate. We ain't saying <laughs> don't delay it. Never mind. Just. <laughs> Just get your education, no matter how you have to do it. Anyway, speaking of college, how did you navigate through college as a believer? That's kind of difficult because I think college is such an experiment. It is. So I feel like, obviously, I had the foundation of God. Right. Jesus. Right. But I didn't actually utilize it. Like, I was supposed to literally until, like, my last year of college. Wow. Um, So when I went there... I was like, oh, sissy prissy, like, oh, yay, Jesus. And then <laughs> college got the best of me. Right. And then I kind of forgot who I served a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I really did. No, freshman I, year or, like, the, the whole, whole experience. Wow. Like, I kind of got away from where I was supposed to be. And mm-hmm. I kind of knew. And I was that person. You know, they say those people only pray to God when they need something. Yeah. That's who I became being. Mm. And I didn't like that. And eventually... I grasped onto it and I started to pray more and mm-hmm. stuff like that, but I still wasn't living right. Mm-hmm. Like um, some girl one time asked me, she was like, how can you do what you do and you still love God? Like something crazy like that. And I was like, and it was a good answer. But when I think about it, I'm like, but she still didn't change. Yeah. My answer was because no matter what I do, God still loves me. Right. And he always forgives me, which is it's true. true. It's accurate. But since you know that, why don't you change? Because mm-hmm. we're judged off of what we know. Exactly. And I'm so thankful that I caught on to it. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until literally a year ago when I joined my new church mm-hmm. that I was like, oh, you really got to change now. Like, my clothes changed, my attitude changed, mm-hmm. my hair I witnessed changed. this. I witnessed this. I yes. mean, mostly it was through social media, but I did notice the difference. And I think that's yes. important yes. to see. So, um I kind of felt some type of way about myself because I can't sit here and tell you about God, but we're sitting up and smoking and drinking together. Mm -hmm. So I literally had to do a 180 and change myself. I'm glad you said 180 because people have been saying 360 (laughs) and that means going back from the start. I hate it. But I did a 180 and I changed myself completely to Mm -hmm. the point that a lot of people, like even Arnita said to me shout out to Nita B right she was like I don't even want to curse around you like I want to treat you like a grandma which is like okay thank you right you know like I've built that respect factor for people to respect me Mm. and a lot of people are able to come to me and tell me like what they're going through right I can help them then I do right but I've never been the type of person to just be like oh girl well you should just do this if I don't know right you know and if you're talking to me I'll literally be like is it okay if I talk to my mentor about this mm-hmm. and then if they say yes and I talk to her if they don't then I don't say anything right and I like you know pray and ask God for wisdom just, you know right but college it was really difficult like literally the first four years and it was the fourth year that I 
processed it and I like really sat down and I I used to write down my prayers mm-hmm. because I didn't necessarily know how to pray out loud. Mm. And I found this book literally like a month ago and I read everything that I wrote down and it like literally almost made me cry because mm. I realized how much I've grown right. from that moment. And how many prayers were probably answered. Yes. Yeah. And it literally, I think that's something you should do too. Yeah, like, I do write my prayers. And then read it mm-hmm. like years down the line Yeah, and just notice the growth. So, yeah. I hope I answered your question. No, you did. You did. It's hard. Um, my freshman year of college was, you know, it was fun. Um, it wasn't even, um, well, the thing was, I wasn't even, like, this crazy person that wanted to rebel. Like, I didn't, I think I was never pressed to, like, drink or anything like that. Like, obviously, you freshman year, everybody tries everything. But it wasn't until I literally, I was like, well, I'm going to wait till I'm 21 to get, like, a real drink. You know, like, it was never, um, I never had this excitement to, like, do what everybody else was doing. And... Um, it was hard for a minute, be, but then it wasn't, um, I don't know. I think I, I realized that for me, I can't ignore, which I'm not saying that anybody should, but I can't ignore my convictions for too long. Mm-hmm. And so I started being like, dang, like, I'm, I just seem like everybody else. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just didn't want to be like everybody else. I And I've, and I've read this book um, actually a few years ago, and it was saying that the opposite of holy is an evil. It's ordinary. And I was like, dog. I was like, I don't want to be ordinary. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to be, you know, and so, but I reverted back to how I was in college. And I was like, yo, like my freshman year, I was trying everything, but something still didn't feel right. Like there were times where I would just be in my room, in my dorm room and would worship because I'm like, people don't worship here. Like it was like a culture shock to me because it's like, you hear stuff and you see stuff on TV and in movies, but you get to college and really like serving God is like not What's it's up? Not there. It's just and not. There are so many spirits oh. around campus. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, you're good. There's so many spirits because you know everyone has their own mm. baggage, and then all the spirits mix in, and then that's how things happen. And, mm-hmm. and it, college is a very deep place. So if it you is. are saved and in college, please, please take care of yourself because God will take care of you. Swear, because there ain't nothing out there. And I'd be having to remind myself that even now, like, when I feel like, man, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, you have the moments you like, God, I'm tired. Like, sometimes you just be like, I'm tired of living right. As crazy as it sounds, but I think being human enough to admit that and talk about your frustrations, like, and just being like, nah, like, even college now, I just, I don't know. Like, I don't even, it sounds shady. I love people, but I I don't be trying to talk at school. Like, I just, just dodging it. Yeah, like, I don't, I don't have time. Um, but obviously, um, we were kind of saying, like, you did probably struggle with fitting in because of your relationship with God. Is there, like, any particular time or moment where there was something happening where you were, like, where you, you were already saved and say you went to a party where you just, like, um, what am I doing here? Like, yes. what was, okay. Yes. Um, I tried to be supportive. <laughs> <laughs> this, I think this very last semester, it was somebody's birthday. And it was snowing outside. So my friend's like, oh, yeah, we're going to have a snowball fight. So mm-hmm. I'm like all excited for the snowball fight. And they're like, well, first we're going to go to his birthday party. And I was like, are you kidding me? I was so mad. But the boy was so sweet. So I'm like, all right, let's just go. And it was a house party. And I, literally everyone looks at me like the grandma. Mm-hmm. So I you over here. I walk in <laughs> and they're all just staring at me. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. And then I went with my friends in the back. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they had their little smoker circle. 
I wasn't included in it. Mm-hmm. I was sitting like on the, the sink, and they had the smoke. They had the smoker circle, mm-hmm. and then when we walked to the back, everybody was looking at me like, "I'm like, no, my eyes are still white. Yeah, I wasn't smoking. I wasn't doing anything, but I just, I felt so out of place, and I." That wasn't the only time. That was the last time. Mm-hmm. Because even the semester before, every party I went to, I just felt uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And I felt bad because I would just look at everybody like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? Sometimes, like, people would talk to me and I'd be like, you're not even showing me what you're talking about. Yeah. You know? And I would feel bad even thinking that way. Mm-hmm. So I would just leave. No, I feel you. It definitely gets to you. Just sometimes you just feel like alone in those spaces mm-hmm. because it's like, damn, I'm not the only person. Like, you know what I'm saying? I think for me, um, I actually had to tell my friends. Like, I think if it wasn't last year, it was the year before. Where I was like, yeah, I don't want to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, of course, like to this day, I've never been drunk at all. Um, granted, I do drink like white wine with like a nice like meal or whatever. But in terms of like intentionally drinking to get drunk, that's never been my go to ever it's just not hot for me um and then but even just trying like I said like smoking and things like that just doing what you do when you're young you're in college like Mm -hmm. I had to be like no I'm I'm good like I just don't want to anymore and also just realizing too like that people do look at you some type of way not that it matters what people think because I think sometimes like we get in our head about that um but just me understanding like I didn't want to be a stumbling block for other people Mm -hmm. and understanding that um they ain't going to tell me that they judging me. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're going to sit there and they're going to, like, go out with me and hang out. But they ain't going. Like right. They're going to look at me crazy. Like, um, okay, anybody going to say that to your face? You know what I'm saying? We could say we're so bold. Yeah, they they're not going to do it. <laughs> they I hope they wouldn't. Like, don't try me. Um, <laughs> but um, um, moving just more into, like, in depth about your, like, faith and your walk with God, name someone who um, whose faith inspires you. My mentors. Because mm-hmm. she shares her testimony a lot. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the things she's been through, and it's real crazy because people say, you would never know what I've been through. Yeah. Literally I don't look looking, like what I've been through. Yes. Yeah. That, literally looking at her, you're like, you did what? Mm. What happened to you? And that's why I feel like it's so easy for me to talk to her. Right. Because 90% of the stuff that I've done. She's, yeah. Yeah, she's done. She's been through. And it's not like she doesn't have that kind of tone mm-hmm. like you did what yeah like, it's she, not judgmental mm-hmm. when I tell her stuff she's like you know but when I was younger this is how I felt and I'm like okay and it makes more sense yeah her yeah, yeah. her completely she mm-hmm. makes me more comfortable to be able to talk about my experiences yeah because I literally she knows everything about me mm-hmm. and I've known her for a year mm-hmm. and majority of the stuff that I told her, I've never spoken and I probably never will. Mm-hmm. Maybe I will, or let me not say that. Yeah, you never know how God might use you exactly. in the future. Exactly. So yeah. one day I will, but currently she's like the only person. Like She knows more about me than my mother. I think that's good. I think we need people that we can be 100% honest with um, and just be vulnerable with. Like I think, especially for people that, um, well, you should have that. Well, I've learned that you should have that whether you're single or like married to somebody, but I ain't married, so I don't know. But I'm just <laughs> saying like, I think everybody should have that person that you can confide mm-hmm. into and they're not gonna run mm-hmm. your business. Like right. that's a true, I think, sister, mm-hmm. accountability partner, right. friend. Like she I think we all need that. Every single time we talk, mm-hmm. she's like, just so you know, you know, I'm not gonna repeat right. this. Right, right. Like, okay, that's fine. I would hope like, 
and I and I think a lot of people need to honor that too and start walking in that, like not repeating stuff because right. I don't know. That just like I don't. I've never like heard something deep about somebody and then go tell it. You know what I'm exactly. saying? Like, it wouldn't be like that. The only, if if anything, the only way I would even throw some type of hint about them going through something is if somebody's, like, trying to clown them. Then I'd be like, wait, pause. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, they're going through something. Like, I can't tell you what it is, but, like, don't talk right. about them like that. Um, but, yeah, I, I definitely, um, you know, agree that, yeah, I have a lot of people sure. whose faith, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I was about to say, like, I have a lot of people's faith who, um inspires me like it's it's more than one person um but I would definitely say it's my mentor Jean um my godmother um Linda my mom Mary just because I know all of them have been through a lot of stuff um and then of course the list goes longer like it's um one of my um actually she she was a mentor of mine when I was like 13 or 14 um Dawn Diamond like her faith inspires me just for you to go through so much and still be on fire for God but also understanding that there's different seasons that you'll be walking through with God where sometimes you're close to him, sometimes you're not just due to the stuff that's happening. And I think um, a lot of them, well, all of them do a really good job at um, being honest and being real about that. Um, And I feel like that's what a lot of us millennials need to hear because I feel like a lot of the adults try to act like they ain't never been through nothing and they try to come at my (laughs) neck. And so that's my next question. That's the segue. Do you think millennials are leaving the church? And if so, why do you think we are? Um, I think it's 50-50. I feel like there's a lot coming to church. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's because I surround myself with like-minded people mm-hmm. that I feel like that. But at least the younger people around me are coming to church. And even sometimes I see on Facebook and Instagram stuff mm-hmm. that people are coming to get to know Christ, you know, for themselves. But on the other hand, millenn- I think to an extent millennials don't come to church because of, you know, adults acting like they have never been through anything mm-hmm. and they feel judged. But on the other hand, I don't think that a lot of millennials know how to take criticism, criticism, instruction, correction. Exactly. And the Bible is full of instructions. Mm-hmm. And on one end, yes, sometimes ministers, deacons, preachers, all of them can go too far. Mm-hmm. But on the other end, they can be right. You know, yeah. the ones that are open, they've been through that. And yeah. Millennials and even a lot of adults still need to understand that there are rules and regulations that we as Christians still need to follow. Like, I'm not going to be out here drinking with you, you know, because the Bible says, don't do that. I'm not going to be out here with my boots and my butt out because holiness is still right. <laughs> I have to cover up. My clothes cannot be tight. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't think... We're so caught up in wanting to live our best lives right. that we're not acknowledging the fact that God gave us our lives and we have to live our lives for Him. Amen. You know, because um, I saw a post on Facebook the other day. It's like some woman had like passed away for like two minutes and she wrote a piece of paper like, it's real. Mm-hmm. I think that millennials also want to see stuff for face value yeah they don't want to believe that god's not they don't want to believe that god's there because they can't see him mm-hmm. but that's what face falls, faith falls into line right like there was i read something that's believing like, the unseen literally. right like you think that there's air there but you can't see air so why can't you believe that god's here yeah you know so i feel like it's a 50 50 yeah but i see more millennials in church 
I do too. I think it's just, we do it a different way. And I think that's okay. It's allowed to change. I do agree that, um, I do agree that definitely the Bible is, is full of instructions in the ways that we should live our life by. But also I think another reason why a lot of people back away is because they don't understand that also God loves them in their mess. And I had to actually, I had a conversation with a guy, um, a few weeks ago, actually. And he literally told me to my face, he was like, you know what? He was like, I never, he was like, I never thought about God that way until you talked to me about it. And I was just like, yeah, like it's, it's, I don't want you to feel like God is going to like hate you and stuff like that. Now, granted, when you know better, you do better. But at the same time, like, I think a lot of times it's not, people aren't talking about the transformative power and unconditional love that God has. Like, I feel like that's going to bring somebody to Christ more than you nitpicking them, even if it's right. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying that it's wrong what you're saying. And I'm not saying I want you to mask the truth at all. Like, if you're talking to me, I want you to come at me correct. But I just feel, you know, specifically when it comes to sharing the word of God, I've experienced myself. People don't talk about God's love. And they try to say, oh, well, grace is an excuse for you to do what you want. Anybody that really, truly love God ain't just walking out here talking about, right. I'm living my grace. Like, And if you are, like, <laughs> that's kind of like nutty. You know, so right. it's just like. He gives us the power of free will, but what you going to do with that free Exactly. Will, you know? And that's why I like my church so much. I love my church, actually, mm-hmm. because my pastor constantly talks about her experiences you know, mm-hmm. when she was living in sin and, you know, how far God has brought her. But she'll, she doesn't put an ounce of judgment on anybody, mm. you know, and it's taking me a little bit longer to um, talk to her. Right. You know, <laughs> if you ever meet my pastor, she has this, like, aura. Yes. And it's so intimidating. And I'm... Like, I'm better with talking to her now because I used to just be like, hi. Yeah, shy. Like, what's yeah, up? <laughs> yeah, I can hug her. Yeah. And be like, you know, but she she doesn't, you know, push, you know, things on people. Right. And she'll constantly tell you, like, you know, you shouldn't do that, right? Right. God says this and God says that, but it's not intentionally. Harsh. Right. And I think that's the thing. We have to learn how to talk to people. I keep saying that to people like, y'all say y'all love God, but y'all know how to talk to people. Ask for God <laughs> to help you talk to people. Right. Quit talking. Your mouth exactly. Quit talking to people crazy. And that's what, and sometimes, you know, people do leave the church because of that. Granted, y'all don't leave anywhere else because people be talking about y'all at the club every week. Yeah, people talk but about you everywhere. Right? Exactly. That's a conversation you for. Just wanted a reason to not come to church. Exactly. I mean, you guys. Enjoy this brief interlude as me and Vania try to get our thoughts back together. There's going to be one more segment of the self-love experiment. Stay tuned. So um, I'm still here with my sis, Vania McClendon. Um, it's been a really, uh, it's been fruitful. Yeah, fruitful to <laughs> talk to you. Like, y'all should have seen us before we started. I was like nervous and shy. Like, I haven't known her majority of my entire life. Right. Like, and I'm just there to her. Like, like, she's been to my house for like <laughs> parties and get-togethers and I'm still like I don't know I don't want to ask um (laughs) rounding off the episode I um facilitate um these um discussions that my um campus minister Gene puts on and it's called meet your future self so he brings his old students um like from Pitt from I think it's just Pitt I was about to laugh just Pitt (laughs) his old Pitt students and they are, you know, usually older, some single, some married, some have kids, some don't. And we get to basically like pick their brains about like who they are, 
where they were as um, Christians and their academics and what they are now and what they're doing. And nine times out of 10, they're really dope. Um, and we always ask this question, who are you? <laughs> and so I want to ask you, who is Vanilla McClendon? I know you want a really profound answer, but I'm going to give you It doesn't have to be profound. Truth. I am not sure yet. Okay. I'm still That's trying honest. to figure out who I am. Hmm. I know whose I am. Right. And I, I really know who I am, but I'm trying to figure out mentally. Right. If you could define it. Yeah. Right. I can't do that. I'm still trying to figure myself out. Mm-hmm. I'm still trying to figure God out. Right. But... I don't know. I'm a really happy person. <laughs> <laughs> you are happy. She's very bubbly too. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That's honest though, because I think sometimes we feel pressured, um, or at least sometimes I do feel pressured to like know who we are and know our purpose. Like by the time we're 28, and it's like we have this whole life to live. Like I probably will change. I hope that I'll change and become somebody different. I hope I'm not who I am. Like I hope that the. 30-year-old Sierra is completely different from the 23-year-old Sierra. Hopefully. That's seven years of experience. That would really be super annoying. Like, I wouldn't, I would, like, I wouldn't be friends with me if I was still the same person. <laughs> like, when are you going to grow up? But honestly, I think, like, yeah, you have your whole life. Even when it comes to accomplishing things, I tell people, like, why does it have to be by 30? Like, you have your right. whole life. As long as you're going and you have, like, some type of plan, like, I think that's fine. As long as you're moving forward. Don't be stuck, but, you know, and don't compare yourself to everybody else. Like, it's okay. You ha- you can figure out who you are. And I think it's good um, because some people will say they are their materialistic things or they are things of this world. But I think for you to say, I don't know yet, but I'm working on that instead of just finding like a cop out, you know, answer is honest. And I really, I, I applaud that. Praise God. Praise Jesus. <laughs> and last but not least, my final question for you. What do you want to be remembered for? Um, I want to be remembered for my honesty and my transparency. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, I have a little sister. She's 16 years old and she's every type of teenager. Mm. But I'm so honest with her, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't want her to not feel like she can't talk to me. I don't want anyone to feel like they can't talk to me. Right. And I don't want someone to feel how I felt. Right. Like, one, yeah, everything I've been through, I don't want you to feel like that. But I also don't want you to feel like um, you can't talk to me because you don't know what I'm going to say. Right. You know, so I want to be known for that. I want to be a help mm-hmm. mate. Is that? No, that's a soul person. <laughs> I want to be that's able a spouse. to help. Right. <laughs> oh, be help me. I, I do. Yeah, one day. Anyway, <laughs> I want to be able to help people reach their destiny. Right. You know, I know I'm going to reach mine one day, mm-hmm. whatever God does have planned for me. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, I I know for a fact that God wants me to help people. Because mm-hmm. the way that my heart is set up, right. like, I would, I could see somebody outside right now and it's raining, pour down raining. And I'll go over to them like, come on, let's just walk to the bus stop. Mm-hmm. You know, I... God's still working known. on me with that. But. <laughs> I don't want to be known for that. Yeah. You know? yeah. No, that's dope. I think for me, like, I want to be remembered as someone that um, is a safe haven for transparency as well. Like, I love that um, that word. And I want to be somebody that um, it's just, like, remembered for her faith. And mm-hmm. I feel like 
um, no matter what, even when I do catch L's, like I talk about it often on Facebook as a joke, but like I always persevere and I'm always hoping, right. even sometimes when I don't want to. And so, and I think that's the biggest thing you have to, even when your heart and your mind is telling you, no, like I'm just quitting. I don't want to do it. Like there's something in me that's always like, all right, let's try again. Let's try again. Let's love again. Let's dream again. You know, and I was saying that in my last episode, like you can always dream a new dream. You can always start over. And so I want to be remembered for that and be remembered um, as somebody that just genuinely cared about the people around her. You know what I'm saying? Not perfect, but definitely trying to be who she can be for the people around her. (laughs) Like, that's just really how I want to be. But we're about to wrap it up, guys. Thanks for tuning in to this episode. Um, Follow Wania on Instagram, on IG. Yep. Uh, my Instagram handle is Vania Be Light. That's V A N I A B A N I A B E L I K E. On Vinia IG, do you have a Twitter? I do. I don't really use it. Me neither. I made three Twitters within the past three years, and like mm-hmm. pointless. If you want to follow me on that, though, my name is Vania Shawty. <laughs> That's like pre Jesus days, right? And I've never <laughs> changed it. So V A N I A S H A W T Y. Shouty. All right. Well, we are signing off. Again, you can follow me on Instagram, too. I got to shout mine out again. It's underscore Sierra Tache and Tache spelled T-A-S-H-A-Y. They call me U.S. Okay, we're gone. We're done. I was about to start. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Thank you.